Hello, this is Radio Trivia Podcast Edition, which you probably already know if you're listening to this. Episode 179. We're recording this at the very end of July 2022, because you may not otherwise know what we're talking about. And uh, this time we got our old friend, co-founder of Radio Trivia in its original form, Jonathan Juni Boy Metz. (laughs) Well, I haven't heard that one in a while. Hey, Mike. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Ah, uh, man, it's been a while since we talked, man. Yeah. Yeah, th- thanks for doing this on pretty short notice. Um, That's all good. Yeah. yeah. I love love doing radio trivia. It's great. Yeah, especially when you don't have to prep anything, right? Yeah, you do all the work. I just show up and talk nonsense and listen to music. It's great. Sounds fun to me. We got a normal episode. Johnny has not picked any of them this time, so he's playing along. And I I'm in the dark. Yeah. I... I, I Historically, he's done pretty well. So, um, thanks you know. for setting up expectations. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. I think last time I was in the dark, I fell flat on my face, and you know, everyone else says, "Oh, yeah, you're real good." I said, "Well, no, no, not really, because I haven't played any new games in forever." But um, yeah, here we go. First game, first song. Kind of had a a lounge music feel to it. Yeah, very Mm -hmm. lackadaisical. I like it. (laughs) 
Yeah! <laughs> that song sounds like you're setting out on an adventure, but you're still in the Shire. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you don't know how bad well, it's going to um, get. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I like to think I'm doing some deeper cuts here on, on, on this game. Um, here's your hint question. I'm, I'm kind of proud of this one. What is the name of the merchandising tie-in drink for this game that Justin Berube reviewed on Nintendo World Report? Johnny, uh, any idea what game this might be? Well, um, <clears throat> this is kind of a guess, but I will guess, um, <laughs> I probably won't get the subtitle right, but the newest Kirby game for Switch, the first 3D adventure game in the Kirby franchise, I, is, was it called Kirby and the, 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 ugh, the Forgotten City or the Lost Realm or something like that? You are very close. Well, you're correct. I'll, I'll give you the okay. point. It could be and the Forgotten Land. The Forgotten Land. Okay, uh, yes. I, I guess that means you have not really and played And the Forgotten Name. Uh, I played, the, forgotten I played name. the demo. Um, I thought it definitely felt like a Kirby game in 3D. Um, but it's, it's tough to... 
the thing i mean i i'm i'm mixed on kirby as a franchise i, I would say especially the platformers um some of them I, I love and some of them I just think are are just okay. You know, they're fu- they're fun to go through but not very memorable and not that exciting even while you're playing them and um, for me it's like I I usually enjoy the back half of these games a lot more than the f- than the front half and so a demo mm-hmm. is potentially misleading because it was very it was oh, very it easy and very simple and I did, it, I don't think it even includes the um, the village building part of the game that sounds Maybe interesting. Um, yeah, there's not much building. It's just like, you know, as you progress and, and you unlock more things. But okay. um, I, I do think the demo didn't do the game justice. I, I mean, it, it's easy. Uh, the the you know, invisible walls seemed like they were more, um, I don't know, intrusive or whatever there yeah. than I think in other parts of the game. Although I think there's a way the game kind of telegraphs. You kind of just get used to it. It's just sort of a conceit you have to accept with the game. Okay. Um, I, I think this is one of the better... Kirby games out there. I really enjoy it. I, I'm not gonna say 100% in it because I there's some a few things that just I'm not a completionist. I'm not gonna get all the gotcha, the little uh, statuettes, you know, uh, that the game has. Yeah. But um, I, I really play this and and um, the, the layers of sophistication of the game I think kind of reveal themselves as you play it more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, like a lot of Kirby games, I mean, the, if if you keep going the game gets harder kind of the hard mode in the latter half like you said where it gets more difficult um although there's a lot of reuse in kind of the post game i think they mix it up in interesting ways um the the structure of the levels i think are really interesting because um it kind of reminds me of wario land shake it where um there are several missions um and you won't necessarily know what all the missions are at the beginning but you'll play through and you'll complete one of the goals or maybe find one or two of the things as you go and then it'll tell you what like you know here's another one of the missions in the area and, and so to you know get all the I think the Waddle Dees or the MacGuffins essentially the game you have to do all the missions but you don't have to do them you know on your first go right so you, you wind up going back and retracing your steps and you know there's those hidden rooms there's there's um you know com- um kill this boss without taking any damage or you know there's a variety of different missions and in fact the kill bosses without taking damage is like the one of the few real complaints i have about this game just because um there's no way in the menu at least maybe they fixed this but when i played it there's no way to like start from the last checkpoint um by pushing start so i'd have to like kill myself essentially let myself be killed when i was trying to but that's like Again, that's like the post game if you want to do everything. So it's really not okay. that big a deal. Um, but yeah, I, I think game's cool. It's, it's got um, I don't know, maybe like twelve or fifteen different power ups, which you can um, y- you can level up over time with unlockables. Yeah. Um, or there might be things that you actually find. I can't remember. I think maybe treasures you find in the levels, but they're usually pretty easy to find. Yeah, I like the idea of upgrading upgrading the abilities over time, um, and especially if the yeah. game if the game ramps up in a way where that actually feels like something that's helpful. You know, so you actually get to use these it, powers. It does. Um, so that yeah, that's it, good it does. to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there, there's little reason to downgrade them, while you can. Um, but I mean, it's fun. Like, um, I like the the pistol ones. Which, um, you know, like at the beginning of the game, it's just this little, like, uh, musket pea shooter. And 
you know, by the time we get to the last level up, it's this thing you shoot. If you charge it up all the way, it's, it has this like blast, you know, it's like the sci-fi gun with this blast <laughs> radius. Like it's bigger if you charge it up more. So it's like a risk reward of charging up more versus spamming the button. Um, and then that, there's a dodge mechanic that I, I think that if you dodge right before you get hit, it's like a bolt time thing a little bit. But with that particular weapon, it's like, I feel like it's more pronounced. So I don't know if it's just with that power up or if it was um, the whole game. It's been a while since I played this. But there, there's a couple of mechanics that they don't even really explain that if, if you play enough, you kind of learn to, to take advantage of. So I do think this game was worth your while. I don't think the demo was very good for what it was. Um, and I don't think it does this game justice. Okay. Well, that's good so. to hear. I, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm certainly interested in, in checking it out at some point. Um, yeah, I'd say... I wish I could say, wait till it's on a sale. <laughs> yeah. These things just don't go on sale. <laughs> I mean, I'm still waiting for um, RoboBobot, the bot bot, to go on sale on 3DS. I, I don't think they ever will put it on sale. Wow, that's amazing. Um, or maybe I missed that, it. That, 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 yeah. that hasn't happened. I think it was like 40 bucks <clears throat> when I last yeah. looked, so... Yeah, maybe... And I've been told, you know, that's a really good game. You could game. probably pick up a secondhand copy of that one, um... But it it, yeah, it would be physical, yeah. I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, I would say in the new Kirby, the in the demo, the invisible walls were a real sticking point for me. Um, that that felt very much from another era, from a, from an older mm-hmm. era of games, and and not in a good way. Um, but um, you know, I kind of understand it in in the way that the game. I mean, Kirby has so much mobility that you have to constrain that in some way. So I, I kind of get that you can't just let him go anywhere. Um, but that's a it's a kind of a clunky solution. I, I know, but I think the alternative would have been you know like a Mario 3D Land thing where it's just you know there's bottomless bottomless pit if you wander off. And I, I could see them not wanting to do that just with the maybe the difficulty here they want and just sure. the. the I don't think that would be a good fit for, you know, they want you to explore, and if you're like exploring every nook and cranny, but you have to worry about falling off the edge. I, I, I could see that as not being good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think that is the main thing you have to just sort of get over if you're going to try to enjoy this game. But I, I got over it pretty quickly. It, it did bother me in the demo, probably not as much as you. Okay. Uh, but it certainly, um, they hide it a little better. I mean, some levels, you know, you're in a mine or you're in. You know, a valley or other things where it's not just an invisible wall. Right. Or you know, they, yeah. They, they shake it up. It's not always exactly the way that those first few city levels are. Okay. Well, good to hear. I, it definitely. And, and, there, and there's a lot of fun, weird lore that. I'm, I mean, it has more lore in it than you'd expect. And there's a lot of cool I would stuff that's kind of none. weird, forgotten. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, there's, they actually have injected some some personality to this world you kind of learn about more as you play through it. Okay, so the Forgotten Land itself is a kind of a character. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah. it got great reviews, yeah. um, so I'm I'm not opposed at all to playing it at some point in the future. Yep. So uh, music is is great. Uh, the third song is a bit of a deeper cut version of a mishmash of uh, a couple of the different main themes, but I. I there's so many good themes in there and I just you know what I just do some things people may not have even noticed while they were playing because uh, this game has you know I don't know 100 plus songs in it and it's 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 an impressive soundtrack wow. a lot of different composers including uh, some of the mainstays uh, like Jun Ishikawa and Hirokazu Ando but I think there are a couple others that uh, joined for this too so good job Japanese team that worked on yeah. this and I just it, there was something in the either the first or second song that um, 
that just had a Kirby vibe to it. So that's that's how I got the guess, you know. Um, and uh, and then I did remember Justin's drink review, although I don't I don't rem- <laughs> I actually that I would not have gotten it from that clue alone, but that did tell me it's a recent game, and so I thought, oh, okay, well if it sounds kind of like Kirby and it's a recent game, then then it's probably this one. Awesome. Well, then, then the hint question was at the right level of difficulty. <laughs> I, that's sort of what I was going for. So the, so the name of that drink, um, I certainly had to look it up, is Kirby's Fruity Flurry. And it looks kind of like the, um, the one, one of the gimmicks in this game is Kirby can have has this mouthful mode where he wraps his whole body over some object that he's found. Yeah. And so it looks kind of like he's wrapped himself around the boba tea cup is, is kind of what they're going for. So it's, it's kind of a neat time. That's cool. So what's up next? I'm not telling you, you got to figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> oh, right. That's the point of it. Okay. That sounds sound. That song sounds like um, um, prowling through the streets at night. What are you going to find in those streets? Uh, hooligans. I I don't have any witty retorts. <laughs> I'm just going to say we're going to go to the next song. Perfect. I'm sorry. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs>
Okay. That one might have rung a bell a little better than the first. Hmm. Yeah, it it definitely is reminiscent of other games that I'm pretty sure you've used on the show before. So um, I'm I'm stumped so far. Okay. Well, this entry in the series mercifully introduces what mechanic when side-scrolling on foot. Hmm. have you deduced the game well i have a pretty good guess um i'm i'm gonna go with blaster master zero three the newest one okay. yeah poor predictable <laughs> typ poor well, predictable mic it, uh it's another it helps game. that i love uh, blaster master and actually the the, <laughs> the very first song the one that i said sounds like you're slinking through the streets what was on my mind there was batman for nes which was a sunsoft game which sounds <laughs> there you go a fair bit like the original blaster master because it was made by the same studio and i i'd have to check but possibly some of the same um, audio designers um so yeah obviously they mm-hmm. nt creates the developers of the zero blaster master zero series for switch they have um 
they have adopted the style of, of the original NES Blaster Master, so there's, there's a through line there, and now it totally makes sense why I thought of Batman. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I, one of the reasons I asked you to join is because I chose this game, and um, I should have checked. I just checked like three minutes before we started recording. So, oh, you were on for both of the other <laughs> Blaster Master Zero wow. picks. Um, oops. I've been typecast. Clearly, I'm the same person, and I've been in a loop. Uh, you've been typecast. I'm so. I was like, oh, I'd love to get Johnny's thoughts on this series, and I'm like, oh shit. Well, it's too late to change the choice now. So yeah. here we go. <laughs> um, did, did you actually play this one yet? Or oh, immediately. Kinda... Yes. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm a sucker for Blaster Master, and and. I, I play most of Inti Creates games, although definitely not all of them. Um, and um, yeah, I thought I thought I thought Zero Three was really good. Probably not as good as Two. I think it's a little ov- overcomplicated, um, particularly as as you get later in the game. Um, they have you crossing back and forth between dimensions in a way that is. Um, can be quite confusing um, as to where you where you should go next mm-hmm. or even where you could possibly go next um, and I I think also I agree the, yeah I, okay I yeah and and also there's um, um the, the whole zero subseries has a kind of an anime um, flavor to it that was not so much in in the original <laughs> NES game for maybe for obvious reasons back then um, but I do I do feel like the anime storytelling and character work is a little over the top by the time we get to zero three um and it it started to i find it i found it a little annoying and overwrought um in a way that the the previous two games uh, on switch did not feel so um that's interesting i I felt two was more annoying than three in in terms of the anime the anime factor but you know maybe it just sort of which particular things happen to bother you more but but i i think i remember you know still texting like or tweeting something like you know i'm shocked that this isn't this wasn't translated by someone who has a japanese name according to the credits or you know because <laughs> it just it, it feels like something where someone who isn't an english native speaker translated this um and maybe it wasn't or but it, it's probably just someone trying to be very um loyal i don't like using that term but you know a very literal translation um and um yeah this whole series or integrates in general has a lot of anime techno babble and and the 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 story makes fairly little sense (laughs) in my opinion (laughs) i mean like i mean a simple example i think like there's a contra your your um friend or jason's love interest or whatever is an android but she has dna you collect dna or something at least at one point yeah, I'm, like, I'm, like, oh, and I'm, I'm confused so there's just stuff like her, that her that, character gets expanded upon particularly in in zero three i think her character um takes on a very like metaphysical aspect that i i found hard to relate to and hard to follow what was actually happening with her mm-hmm. um no. So, yeah, it wasn't as engaging on those levels. I will say this, Blaster Master Zero 3, still a great game. 
Um, I think oh, yeah. some of the stuff they do in the top-down levels is maybe a little more interesting um, and more forgiving than in the other games. So I thought I felt like they continued to refine that experience a little bit um, from game to game. And then um, I enjoyed the power-ups that you get in the tank, which is you know that's the main yeah. the main gameplay is the tank. And I thought some of the stuff they do with the tank um, continues to be fresh and and fun and. In particular, and this is this is an area where like the original Blaster Master is pretty dreadful, is bosses. And all three of the Blaster Master Zero games have really excellent bosses. But I thought three in particular had some really good bosses. And some of them talk to you, like they brought in more like villain characters. Sometimes I think you fight bosses and then they later become your friends or something. Um, but Yeah, Zero Two did that some and they, they kind of cranked it up or three and mm-hmm. they're called back. They bring back they, some they, of the they, same some like former yeah. villains and now they're your friends or whatever or then they get possessed or I don't I don't remember everything that happens. Um, but the boss <laughs> the boss fights in particular are really fun and one of the cool things in three is that you meet up with other people who also drive their own tanks. And so you have like right. tank on tank boss fights where, you know, you're, and it's all side scrolling. It's in that part of the, it's in that view. And you're doing all the tank things. You're flying around and hovering and crawling up the walls and using all different missiles and lasers and stuff. And, um, and to fight another enemy that's your size and moving around and has as much mobility as you is very engaging and really different than anything previous to the series. So I, I, I thought that was a really standout uh, aspect of this one. Pretty sure they had that in two. two. Oh, maybe so. Two, two really is the, the best. The it's, game's it blur. is my favorite of the of the little trilogy because the first game is largely a remake of the original Blaster Master. They expanded on it yeah. and did some smart things with it, but two is the one where it felt like ah, they're unshackled from the expectations of trying to remake a classic beloved mm-hmm, game, mm-hmm. and and it felt like two just is just chock full of of new fresh ideas and and really fun stuff. So, um, and it's. It's a like I said, it's a little simpler maybe, um, and and easier to navigate than the third game. So that would be my pick if you only were going to play one of these. They're all great though. They're so great. My I found that the, the alternate dimension thing, especially the top down, gets a little grating. I feel like it's a little bit meandering at times. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe, maybe just my perception. Um, I, I want I have to wonder if some of the level design was a victim of. Uh, COVID collateral damage or they just had to get something out the door and maybe didn't have as much time to work on some of the levels. Like, uh, there are a couple places where it feels like um, it's largely just sort of random warping from place to place to get through the maze. Yeah, that's not not a not a level design tactic that I can appreciate. It's no, just warping no, around. it isn't. Yeah, and, and I just I just felt like you know this feels like it was almost like a placeholder or something they just chucked in there at the end because they just had to get something out and, and I don't think we'll ever know if that's really what happened but I, I, I just kind of feel like that there has to been some of that because it, it just seemed like la- lazy level design that I I don't think I would have seen in a the third game in this series given you know how good 2 was otherwise mm-hmm. um, anyway the the uh, do, you, do you remember the feature of side scrolling on foot that is mercifully added mercifully added um, I'm gonna can't remember if this was in the previous games or not so i'll guess it's the ability to warp back to the tank oh that, that's a good one too I'll, i'm referring to i think you could do that anytime i thought or at least in two the, the main thing i'm thinking of 
is hovering. You can you can slowly hover down oh, when you're on foot as right. Jason. So there there isn't the hideous, you know, taking massive damage or instant death of falling when you're a little teeny tiny Jason on the screen anymore. Um, yeah. Which I, I, I was so thrilled because, you know, they, they really, I think, played that. That was always kind of the jankiest part of Blaster Master. <laughs> oh, yeah, when you're like two pixels far. tall and you get out of the tank and you're walking around and everything kills you in one hit and you can't really right. go and, anywhere except to go through these tiny little passageways. Yeah, and, and deeper in Blaster Master Zero 2, I, I feel like they, they kind of took that mechanic as far as they could. And so I, I was kind of happy to see that they, they kind of de-emphasized um, the, the risk when you're out and about on foot yeah. uh, for three. Because you know, I, I feel like they'd already played that I out. Hadn't, I hadn't thought about this in a while, but you kind of jogged my memory when you, when you brought up the hover. I want to say in Blaster Master 3, there are a few places where you actually kind of do some platforming in that view where you're really, really tiny on the screen. And, you know, you're doing some pretty fancy stuff with jumping off of ladders and stuff like that. But... Some of it's pretty fun, and it's yeah. definitely challenging, but it's not it's not brutal like in the original game where, you know, like you said, if you if you step off of a ledge that's more than like a few, you know, a few inches tall, you, you just die. Right. Um, so it's, it's a lot <laughs> right. more forgiving, and so I think that that opened up the, the ability for them to kind of design some challenges for it and, and make it part of the fun of the game. Yeah, so I, overall, I, I do recommend Zero Three. It's like Johnny said, I, I agree. Two is the best. Three's still pretty good, as long as you're willing to skip through or or, or tolerate the anime BS factor. Um, it's got a very both two and three. I think have very interesting um, end sequences. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I think they're both pretty creative in, in how there's kind of a twist near the end and it makes you shake up the mechanics. And yeah. The, uh, and the presentation, some so it's it's worth playing, and you know that you know. Sometimes I remember like you'll say you'll stop at like the end boss if it's hard, and some of the bosses are hard in this game. I I, I would not recommend before the twist in, in, in two or three because th- there's a lot more there. Yeah, yeah, and the whole the whole series has excellent chip two music as you've heard, and also really wonderful pixel art, really detailed, very yeah. colorful pixel art. Um, yeah, it's a great series. I don't I kind of doubt they'll make more of them but uh i i was i felt very blessed to get three new blaster master games on the switch um <laughs> one of them i mean the first one was a launch title it was the, probably the first thing i played on switch it was awesome yeah i think it was like i think it was also on 3ds i mean it was kind of a, a crossover oh, okay strangely not even not not what you would think it was like the wii u switch crossover a 3ds switch crossover <laughs> um interesting there yeah, yeah. um yeah, I don't think there's going to be more Blaster Masters Zero games. This, that seemed like a, a, it capped things off. But ho- hopefully, um, just like there was Mega Man Zero and then this, uh, I mean, hopefully Degrees finds another kind of old lost gem to give a, a, a makeover like this. I mean, I'd love for them to, uh, to do like Star a... Star Tropics! Oh, sure, well... Star, do Star Tropics! I think that would be... I mean, even with their current engine, it would work very well oh, certainly yeah i mean i i love star tropics but um i mean i wouldn't say no to more blaster master they could do like a Mega Man x style thing and they kind of upgrade it to a 16-bit look so it'd still be retro but you could kind of do more have bigger bigger characters and you know um more more effects and not not be so tied into making it look like a 
essentially like an NES game, but in widescreen and, you know, all that. Okay, uh, well, that's enough of Blaster Master 03. We're going to go on to a request. Um, this one is requested by Jesse Waldak. Okay, there were a couple of, of instruments uh, used in that song that remind me of a very particular classic game franchise that I, I won't say it out loud just yet. And it's probably wrong, but that's what it reminded me of.
Oh, that song threw threw off my theory pretty hard, um, but I liked it. Here's the hint question, courtesy of Jesse. Okay, what are the names of the mascots for the two groups in this game? Can you go three for three here? 
Oh, I don't think so. No. Um, my best bad guess, um, and this is mainly because the first song sounded so much like Castlevania with the, the organ and the electric guitar. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for something that would have Castlevania elements but not be a Castlevania game. Um, and so my best guess is, um, let's see, Dream Mix TV Fighters didn't come out in English, so I don't <laughs> think you would choose that one. So I will go with Konami Crazy Racers for the Game Boy Advance. Oh, surely this is higher fidelity than YY Racing. Yes, um, it is. But um, No, that's it's a funny pick, though. It is funny. <laughs> it's the best uh, I could come up that. with. Um <laughs> Yeah, I feel bad for choosing this with you on because I, I, this is a holdover from a previous lineup, and and um, th- this is Persona Q: Shadow of the Labyrinth, a game I have not played. Okay. And um, I, I, you probably haven't played it either. It's, it's um, no, I have never even played an Etrian Odyssey, um, other than yeah, a neither demo. I. Yeah. I have played per- Persona Four Golden some on the Vita. Um, it's not really my jam, but uh, I love the music in it. This did not particularly sound like Persona music to me, but it is like a it's a spinoff, so maybe that's to be expected. Yeah, it, it, so uh, as a memory jogger, for those who don't immediately remember what Persona Q is, it's it's a mashup of Persona 3 characters, Persona 4 characters, and Etrian Odyssey gameplay. Um, if that means anything to anyone. I, I haven't played Persona 3. I have not played Persona 4. I have not played Adrian Odyssey. So it was very <laughs> difficult for me to get spun up on on uh, these somewhat niche uh, crossover crossovers in, in my mind. Um, and so uh, and it's been a couple months since I read up on this. But but uh, basically you're exploring dungeons. Your, your home base is basically a school uh, where these two universes have kind of been thrown together and so a lot of the, the fun is, is interaction between characters from these separate games that uh, you know so it, it really plays fan service to fans of Persona in that way but uh, then you go off into these kind of other dimensional labyrinths where um, there are mazes you have to map out um, and I think there's an auto map option um, the whole notion of mapping the, the goal of the game is to map out a labyrinth is like anathema to me it just sounds doesn't sound very fun to me and and watching videos i just i didn't i didn't see the hook honestly but i suspect this is the sort of game that um you have to be playing to really appreciate and hard to just watch yeah um unless you're interested in the story and the characters i guess because i know to me it's it's kind of like watching someone else play picross or something you know it's like (laughs) like, yeah it's not gonna be very enjoyable probably (laughs) Yeah, I, th- I think the Etrian Odyssey series, which you could include this in, you know, as kind of mm-hmm, like a sure. spinoff of, of that as well. But I, th- I think the series is really interesting, and it's um, it's particularly suited to a dual screen device like the DS or the 3DS. And so um, I have a feeling it's going to be a franchise that um, we may not see come back uh, anytime soon, um, or they might have to come up with a, a really unusual kind of presentation to, to make it work 
on um, on other kinds of hardware. And the people who are into those games think they're incredible. Um, I know that I played a demo of Etrian Odyssey 4 for the 3DS, and I thought the demo was very cool. I especially liked the part where you can fly an airship around like a 3D environment that had a lot of vertical design to it. Mm. Um, and I think you could get into random battles, but you could also sort of... I don't know about solving puzzles, but you could find secrets and things like that. And so I just, I love exploring like a fully 3D volume um, in, a, in a game where they actually kind of seed interesting things to look at and to, and to do around that environment. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but, um, and, and the battle system seems totally fine. I, the map drawing stuff, I always struggled with a little bit and maybe I just never got onboarded to it very well. So um, I, there were maybe, may, there may have been aspects of it I did not understand, but there, something you don't always hear about when people talk about this franchise, the, the, at least the Etrian Odyssey stuff, I, I assume this is true also for Persona Q. Um, there is a little bit of like a roguelike aspect to it. Um, I think when you go into the dungeons, the design of them is randomized unt until you map it out. Um, and so sometimes th there, there tend to be a lot of dead ends and things like that. And then also there are invisible monsters called FOEs, foes. Yes, and, and that, those are in this game too. Okay, yeah. yeah, and they like track you down, but you can't see them and they're the hardest monsters in the game. And I, I, I don't understand that. That seems really unbalanced and not fun to me. So like, I don't, I don't want to play an RPG where I'm being stalked by a monster that I can't even see and who will probably kill me if it, if it catches up with me. Now I'm probably butchering this explanation. So, you know, feel free to, to email us or whatever, and let me know how wrong I am about the series. But like that always just at, at first blush that always kind of turned me off of playing them um, but again it, this, this, the series has very very diehard fans and uh, it is one that I would like to um, dig into at some point and at least play one of the games you know just to say yeah okay I, I got that I, I did it I under you know I, I experienced what that's all about because there's not there's not really anything else quite like it um, and they made a whole bunch of them. I think they made five or six of these Etrian Odysseys. Um, and then two of the Persona Q games as well. Mm-hmm. That's right. There is a, there's a sequel to this. Yeah, I think it was the, the very last 3DS game that came out, Persona Q2. Or one of, one of certainly one of the very last. Yeah, I, I think that this game, the gameplay is much closer to Etrian Odyssey than Persona. I think most of the Personas mm -hmm. in the presentation and characters and, and storytelling. Yeah, well, that's those are maybe the best parts of Persona. So it, it sounds like a good matchup. Well, thank you for covering for me, Johnny. I really <laughs> sure. appreciate it. Of course. And I apologize to Jesse for uh, not necessarily covering this in, uh, as uh, robustly as perhaps it could have been covered in this podcast. Yeah, and, and playing the playing that music for a, a Philistine uh, co-host <laughs> on this episode. Yeah, I wish I wish I was more familiar with it, but uh, yeah, and I think there are other songs I just wasn't able to find that that had been requested. So I, I did I did what I could. I, I you know to answer the uh, the question though, uh, I guess a, a recurring theme with uh, the Persona games is that there are different like factions with their own mascots, maybe different schools with different mascots. Hmm. Um, and so in this game, the answer is Koromaru and Teddy. I'm sure. I think Teddy's like someone in like a bear costume. Yeah, Teddy is a is a 
a very weirdo character from Persona 4, so um, I assume the other one is from Persona 3. Yeah, that's probably a good guess. So, yeah, there you go. Those are the, those are the mascots. Cool. All right, thanks, Johnny. We're going to go on to game four. Let's do it. Slap bass and circus melody is a, a winning classic all-time combination. It's not Karnov. <laughs> it's not that far off from it, but... <laughs>
catchy little earworm there. Oh, it's 80s as hell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Good. my. Well, um, I, I must I, I must apologize. I've been bad about uh, citing composers here. It's a fault of mine. But th- there are a lot of composers involved in a lot of the games that um, that I've played so far. So, sorry. Here's your hint question. What is the name of the sentient spaceship you play as? Whoa. Okay, I've got a guess. Go for it. Well, the the hint question gave a lot. (laughs) Um, Because I was probably leaning toward an actual game from the 80s or the early 90s here. But um, I I think this has probably got to be part-time UFO. No, uh, you would have been closer before. A sentient spaceship. I mean, come on, it's got googly eyes and everything. Not, well, you know. Well, th- this is Super Fantasy Zone oh. for the Genesis, released on uh, standalone on Wii, and also now available, I think, on like the Genesis Mini as well as the uh, Nintendo Switch Online service, which is where I played it uh, to the extent I was able to play it. Um, it's um, it's a cute em up. It's a, it's a, I think a sequel to Fantasy Zone, which very similar game, but it, this is kind of I think made for genesis whereas that one was i want to say like originally an arcade game or mega drive and uh, much or maybe, and maybe mega drive you know it, it, it was definitely a, a simpler looking mm-hmm. game um so this is in, in kind of a pseudo remake of sorts of that game it's not it's not hugely different um very pretty looking has very good music hard as nails um yeah you and i have played this haven't we i think we tried to play a different cute em up that was a top-down one. Same genre. Oh, uh, different yeah. Game. That was Twin B. Tw- that yes, that was tw- that was uh, Pop and Twin B probably on uh, Nintendo yeah. Switch Online. That's what I was thinking. Of. We, we got we got to try to do more of that kind of stuff together. Oh. I, I never play multiplayer games with anyone. <laughs> it makes me sad. Um, but but Super Fantasy Zone, beautiful. I mean, you, it's a weird. It's kind of a looping little area um, where you have to kill all the enemies, and I think you can get like upgrades if you do something i forget what you have to do but you, there's like a shop you can summon basically 
and then buy upgrades that are, I think, temporary. I don't know, the, the concept seems fine. What I found was once I got to the first boss, the first boss in the game, I just couldn't beat it. Even, like, trying to cheese the, the save states, I'm like, I I give up. Wow. There's something about, like, the way that the boss moves or teleports around and, and the projectiles he sends out in a weird kind of arcing pattern where it's just like, for the first boss in this game, it's just like, oh my god, this is... This is just not tolerable. So, <laughs> so it's cute, but not easy. No, no, no. And I, I, yeah, yeah. It's it's not an easy game. I, I don't know why they thought felt the need to ramp up so quickly. Maybe they have just like one boss in the game and they reuse it every time. I don't know. Um, games of this elk kind of did that um, sometimes, but um, it's really a shame. So uh, good music, and and there is a sound test built into the. The game, so you you can, without any cheats or anything, you can listen to the full soundtrack by just booting it up and listening to it. So that's what I wound up doing because I was just curious because I liked the first level's music and I'm like, hey, I like this song, I like these songs. So um, some of these are um, remakes of, I guess, Fantasy Zone, and I don't know if this game has like a full remake of the original levels too um, that you can unlock, or if it's just they included remasters of the original songs i don't know um there isn't a whole lot of level design to the levels anyway it seems but uh, um well i yeah the, the music is quite enjoyable it's it's definitely the sort of game i never would have paid for but i'm kind of glad i checked out like i said if you're good at these games play through it by all means it's very pretty how did you check it out i might have missed that Nintendo Switch Online. Oh, it's on there uh, too. I guess it was okay. the, it's on. The, well, I guess it would be the expansion. Oh, that's why I don't. Yeah, I, have, I don't have the expansion yet, so that's why. Yeah, I haven't, that, there you uh, go. Okay, okay, got it. Yeah, so it's a, it's a good curiosity. It's definitely in that one of those good picks because no one would have bought it on Virtual Console. Yeah, but it, it has a little bit of cachet, or at least. Yeah, I guess I'd check that out if I were subscribed for a year. Kind of a vibe to it. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, you stumped me so, again. I thought for sure part-time UFO was going to be the answer. <laughs> that's that's a good game. I I have played that. I don't think I've used that yet. Yeah, I played that recently, and um, but it may it only has like a few songs. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't don't recall the music very well at all. Obviously, or, or I probably would have screened that out as a as an option here. But uh, I did enjoy that game as well. Yeah, that one gets pretty tough too. <laughs> Yeah, it does. At least if you're trying to go for um, like all all of the goals in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this one, the the composer I think was Naoki Kodaka, and the reprised music from the Fantasy Zone Fantasy Zone was written by Hiroshi Kawaguchi. Okay. Uh, yeah, Sega stuff I really don't have any childhood memories of, so. Um, can't say a whole lot but but yeah the game that or i guess the series is kind of it's got to be lsd induced or something i'm not i'm not sure i I mean it really makes no sense um it's it takes place in the fantasy zone i thought there was a game called fantasy zone that sega made too so i don't know if there's like a loose like marvel universe going on there or not um but yeah so in this game I, i guess you're playing as the son of the spaceship that died or something in a glorious battle oh wow Her name is opa opa and you, and you were you were avenging the death of your father or something like that i don't know it really makes no sense quite frankly so yeah 
Super Fantasy Zone. Opa Opa. Opa Opa, uh, made by Sunsoft. Kind of uh, callback ah, to Last of Master. There discussion. you go. Okay. Yeah. Did not sound very much like the other Sunsoft music, but uh, no, that, that's cool. I think there must be a really weird history with this because I, I think there were different ports of Fantasy Zone made by different companies. I think there's even an NES version of Fantasy Zone, oh. even though I associate this series with Sega. So I, I really don't know what's going on there. It feels kind of like a Wonder Boy type situation. <laughs> so maybe maybe someone can educate us in the talkback thread or or something, or draw out a, a, a very complicated uh, yeah. flowchart to explain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, last game here. Uh, bear with me, Johnny. I know it's getting late for you. some fun synthesized theremin in that song <laughs> uh, you're a sucker for theremin pretty much well that was just the first song there's no hint question yet no not yet here's song two
Okay, I, I called earlier. I called something '80s as hell. That was early '90s as hell. Um, it sounded kind of like um, Michael Jackson's "Dangerous" album, maybe, um, or even some uh, Prince from that era, like the Batman soundtrack from Prince. Uh, here is your hint question. So this next song is now known to be an adaptation of an at-the-time unreleased song by which musical group? Whoa. You know what game this is, Johnny? I have no foggy idea. Really? Well, I, I did, I guess, choose some deeper cuts intentionally, in part because yeah. uh, I thought they were more interesting because other things have been played. Uh, really? Um, you don't want to give any stabs in the dark? Um, <laughs> I don't even know what I would stab at. <laughs> Just tell me. Oh, man. This is Sonic the Hedgehog 3 for the Genesis. 
Sonic um, Three. Wow. I mean, you. So, I mean, when you when you read the hint question, my first thought was Michael Jackson and Sonic Three, but then you said group, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, no, it's not. Well, a- there's more to it than that. Yeah, I, you know, I. So this is sort of a request from uh, someone on Twitter, Super Chips, who, who asked me to, you know, if I'd ever commented on or discussed Sonic 3 and the music and all that stuff. And I realized, you know what, I never used Sonic 3 on the podcast. That's surprising. Um, and it, and I, I feel duly shamed because I have played Sonic 3. In fact, it's probably my favorite Sonic game, but it's yeah. still... That's not saying much. Like It's not a game I go to very often or, or know very well, but... Um, but I certainly know nope. the 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 weird, mysterious history of Michael Jackson's supposed involvement in the soundtrack. So anyway, continue. I, I think at this point it's basically confirmed. But, Pretty but, confirmed. Um, yeah. It, it was you know for, for so Sonic Three and Knuckles was you know it was released you know in several forms right. There was the GameCube collection which I own but it mysteriously disappeared at some point in one of my moves. There's a version that was released on Steam. Um, I think uh, the Virtual Console had them. But at some point, they stopped releasing uh, versions of this, or they, they seemed to be, you know, withhold them more. Um, and, and so, the, you know, the speculation on online is that there, it's a, some sort of legal fight over music because um, back in the day, there, there was, I don't know if they announced rumors or Michael Jackson had expressed desire in, in working with Sega on Sonic music. And, um,. Certainly, um, the second song I featured, which is a more obscure song, just because it's a, it's a mini boss for Sonic Three. And if you're usually playing Sonic Three and Knuckles, I don't think they play that song. I think it only is played in Sonic Three by by itself. Okay. Got the lock on, so it's a deeper cut. But hey, if Michael Jackson didn't contribute to that song, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't believe you. There are definitely um, Michael Jackson vibes <laughs> all, all over the soundtrack. No, I mean, and I talked about it earlier, so yeah, I probably should have just went ahead and guessed it. Um, but again, I actually I did assume you had played Sonic Three on the show before, so um, I, I was. It's another one. It's oh my god, I haven't used it yet. I'm, no, I have not used Sonic Three, but now we're using it. Um, the first song was one of the multiplayer levels. Again, deeper cut. Mm. Didn't want to just go with the stuff that people um, probably have heard to death, like Angel Island. Um, and um, I thought that one was an interesting pick because it it kind of reminds me of uh, a song in Sonic Adventure. Uh, I think it's called Dilapidated Way. Um, in fact, I, I think when I was playing that as a kid, I would sing part of what sounds very much like Endless Mind and probably hallucinating that counter melody when it, I probably had first heard it in this song here is somewhere like I played twice in my life and it just sort of so closely resembles that I would kind of like hum it to myself.
and so I, I think I must be like Jin Senue working on both of those games. I think there's several games that um, like he reprised from like Sonic 3 or Sonic uh, 3D Blast or other things that he kind of repurposed in, in later games. So um, it wouldn't shock me. It's not like a plagiarism thing. I think it's just, hey, it's the same composer, you know? Yeah. But um, th- there's definitely a resemblance there. The third one is Ice Cap Zone, and that was what the hint question is about. And so, yeah, I had heard about the Michael Jackson thing. Well, it turns out um, that song, I mean, there's no two ways about it. It is essentially a cover or adaptation of a song made by a group named the Jetsons, with a Z, oh. uh, which um, apparently Brad Buxer was part of or, or contributed to before he went on to be the musical director for Michael Jackson. So there's another through line there. Huh. It isn't technically Michael Jackson music, but um, I mean, adjacent. Um, wow. And and so I think in 2020, they finally released this unreleased game, the unreleased song called Hard Times. Uh, you can find it on YouTube if you search for the Jetsons Hard Times. And I mean, it it, it is that song. I mean, it's as lyrics and it's slightly different. You can find versions that overlay one song with, with the sonic background. They merge them together or they go back and forth. It's <laughs> the same damn song. That's cool. I mean, so I, I think they, whatever, they license it out or whatever. And because I was at the time, well, we're never going to use this, right? So sure. Yeah, go ahead and use it. Wow. What, what a story. Yeah. What a, what a mysterious game Sonic 3 is. So, yeah, I'm sure there's all sorts of legal royalty quagmires with Sonic 3. Um, and, and going with Sonic 3 and Knuckles might have reduced some of that because of the changes in some of the soundtracks but but the um, the most recent release and I can't remember the name of the damn Sonic Origins is it? Yeah. Um, they, they have the I guess what you, they call the beta or the prototype soundtrack for those songs that are it, stuck in this legal quagmire by all counts um, which is the same um, songs that were on the PC version which I actually owned uh, the, for Sonic like Windows 95 <laughs> they, they ported it to Windows 95, and, and th- those songs were in there, although they've been remade again or re- remixed for Origins. I don't own Origins. I can't see myself forking over even more money for so- games I already own. It has not been well-received, that compilation. No, it hasn't. I don't know how Sega keeps messing this stuff up. I, yeah. it's... People seem displeased with it. Um, okay, so just to, just to end on a Sonic 3 note, um, I gotta know, what's your favorite shield? Oh, that's got to be the electric shield. Um, yeah, we, we didn't talk much about the game itself. I, I really like Sonic 3 Knuckles. It, it is my favorite Sonic game as far I mean, I I don't think there's anything else that comes close to Sonic 3 Knuckles in, hmm. in that other than, I guess, maybe Sonic Mania, which is an homage to it. Okay. Yeah, I've played very little of, of 3 and Knuckles, maybe with you once, but like I, I remember playing Knuckles by itself um, a little bit, but I don't... I, we didn't have Sonic 3, so I... Like, when I was a kid, we would rent Genesis games, so we could rent Sonic 3, or we could rent Knuckles, but we couldn't rent both at the same time to, to combine them using lock-on technology. Um, so so I don't I don't think I've ever really had that experience. So I, I only know the vanilla version of Sonic 3, but yeah, the, the Electric Shield 
is probably the one I go to in my mind because um, mainly because it collects the rings. Like the double jump is right. sometimes useful, but mainly just having that magnet, that magnetic effect uh, with the rings is just really handy. Um, but yeah. I gotta say, the bubble shield is pretty awesome because of course it solves everybody's biggest complaint with the 2D Sonic games, which is you know having to to running out of air Breathe. when you go underwater. Yeah and hearing that awful music. But also, even when you're not in the water, the bubble shield has that really cool bouncy effect when you can sort of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. ground, you can ground slam and then you'll bounce up even higher than before. And um, yeah. I'm not sure that the level designs make good use of that or that I ever got very good at it, but I did think it looked really cool. Um, and I definitely appreciate the water levels in that game being a lot less stressful because of that bubble shield. Yeah, well we, we talked about the music, but um, I mean, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, I, I think, has the most interesting level design, in part because it's designed with some more branching paths. Um, mm. I always like playing as Tails. There are certain paths that are designed for Tails. We fly in certain ways, and you have to be interested in exploring Sonic games, which, you know, in theory, the goal is to go fast through them. I've, I've never really played them that way. <laughs> I've never cared to, to get that good at the games to play it that way, in terms of, like, you know, not missing jumps and just going through the loopy loops. So, so to me, Tails is a lot of fun, and, and there are some interesting routes with Tails. Um, so I, I always really appreciated that. Um, the one thing I remember as a kid, and I'm sure a lot of people have this experience, is that there's there's a room in Casino Night, I think Act Two, where there's a game mechanic they never explain to you. They never really show you how to do. That's essentially if you don't know what to do. It's it's like a dead end, and so as as a as a kid, I never got past there when I was playing a Sonic or Tails. It was just a dead end, which I mean I, I spent hours essentially jumping up and down trying to get this this tunnel, this weird platform that goes up and down when you jump on it to go up and down enough to get past. And you can see you can get almost there, but what <laughs> what you have to do is use up and down to add additional momentum. Uh, to that, not just jump, but there's, there's no place else in the game where you ever use up and down in that way. You mean you push up and down on the D-pad to to yes. change your jump? No, to 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 like shift the, this this column up and down more quickly. It's like oh. so, so. It's like you jump on it and it goes up and down, and up, and you jump it again at the peak, and you go down. And you're adding more momentum, but it will never let you get the the platform to go up and down far enough to get below. A gap, a gap at the bottom just by jumping, but you can get to a point where you see the gap at the bottom just by jumping. <laughs> so you think you're doing the right thing. It's horrible level design. I don't know how the hell this got through QA. It was. It must have been one of these things, well, of course you can do that. I know how you do that. And they never got like someone who was brand new to play through the game. Oh my freaking god. Yeah, you gotta use up and down, and that's and this applies in Sonic 3 and Knuckles. So, so in Sonic 3 and Knuckles, I could get through the game as Knuckles, because that room doesn't exist when you're playing his knuckles he has a different ah, path gotcha so i i don't there must be like a, a particular name that the sonic community has given for that horrible room but it, it is forever steered my mind i remember finally when i owned it you know and the internet existed or at least i had access to the internet you know probably using you know prodigy or whatever i i you know was able to look it up how to beat the damn room oh my god Terrible, terrible. <laughs> Otherwise, a fantastic game. <laughs> ah. So, uh, but yes, I love Sonic 3. I love Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Definitely my favorite in the series. Um, everything was downhill from there as far as I'm concerned. Um, 
and I'm, I'm sure those are fighting words, but, um, but you know, I, I'm not a huge hater on some of the Sonic Adventure games, but yeah, so Sonic 3 and Knuckles was peak. Everything else is trying to live up to that in my mind. Yeah, I mean, so somewhere out there, someone is is really, really into Sonic 4 Episode 1, and that's that's their favorite Sonic that I don't believe. I could believe like one of the Sonic Adventure games or even something else that I really don't like in 3D Sonic. I really like the Sonic Advance games. I think we've covered those uh, on this podcast before. I think those are really good overall. Um, and uh, they, those have not really been re-released. I'm, no, so it I'm, feels right for some I'm, kind of compilation package, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I, I'm not... I'm not sure why they haven't done that after some sort of weird... I remember, like, THQ was, like, a co-publisher on that. It was right when Sega just started doing multi-platform stuff, so maybe there's some weird ah, issue there with that, but I, I don't really know. Yes. Huh. But, um, yeah. Sonic, Sonic Advance would be another near the top of my list for Sonic. Okay, Johnny, um, thank you so much for recording um, until relatively late your time um is there anything you plug these days you want to plug these days or is it just have, have a good no. day go visit nintendo World yeah do that you know listen to my buddies on uh, radio free nintendo and um absolutely I, think I, I shouldn't plug something that hasn't been recorded yet but i think i'm gonna do some star trek content with the connectivity crew soon so uh if you like star trek um look forward to that this is not a promise. No, no. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe look forward to it. Kind of. I, I'm looking forward to it. I hope it happens because I like talking about Star Trek. So um, it'd be fun to, to talk about it with some other fans. All right. Um, well, thank you, everyone. Uh, whenever this gets out, and uh, you can send your requests to uh, TWP at NintendoWorldReport.com. If you send an email, please, you know, make it obvious that radio trivia or something like that in, in the subject. So it stands out. Uh, bye. Goodbye, everyone.
Kirby and the Forgotten Land is copyright 2022 HAL Laboratory, Nintendo. Blaster Master 03 is copyright 2021 Inti Creates, Sunsoft. Persona Q Shadow of the Labyrinth is copyright 2014 Atlas. Super Fantasy Zone is copyright 1992 Sega. Sonic the Hedgehog 3 is copyright 1994 Sega. With contributing artists Michael Jackson and Brad Buxer, of course. Music